Hi, everyone. I'm Coach Mike, and welcome to this episode of the MindFit Method podcast. Well, let's start with this. Last episode, I told you guys that there was a kind of third of sort of third seed that was involved in the process of, you know, creating the MindFit Method. And today I'm going to talk about that and where the inspiration for it came from. And you might be surprised to hear of where it came from because it's probably one of the last places you would have expected it. But in this episode, I'm going to tell you the Walt Disney World secret that I built into the MindFit Method. So the giant question is this, how do we as parents, teachers, school administrators, policymakers, coaches, how do we prepare our kids for a future that doesn't yet exist? all while making them healthier, more creative, more innovative, better problem solvers, and overall successful contributors to society? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Coach Mike, and welcome to the MindFit Method Podcast. All right, so let's dive into this episode. Here's how what happened. If you look at the process of the MindFit Method, if you've read the book, if you've seen kind of what the process is and how it works, the MindFit Method is broken up into four components. The first component is passive movement. Um, Now, think of this in terms of an hour-long class. Uh, You can go a little bit longer than that, but think of it in terms of an hour-long class. Passive movement in the beginning, it's stretching. It's the warm-up. It's uh, We would often do it with PVC bars uh, to kind of warm up our bodies a little bit. Uh, that would last approximately four or five minutes. Um, then you have active movement. This is the actual workout uh, time frame of the hour of the MindFit Method. And during that, uh, the duration is approximately eight to 14 minutes. Uh, depending on the workout, depending on how it's structured. Um, And the next part is passive learning. Um, And that's the part we're going to talk about in a minute, because then the part after that is active learning, which is the actual learning of STEM um, and learning how to do uh, the many things that we did in the world of STEM. Not about, uh, you can learn about anything anywhere, but to, to learn how to do something is so important. So let's talk about that passive learning for a minute. And the way that I kind of came up with this idea in this area was that after you're done working out, now during that workout session, the kids are working between eight and 14 minutes. Um, It can be stationary or it can be all around a room. It can be with equipment. It can be without equipment. It, It didn't really matter. But at the end of the 14 minutes, one of the way that I would gauge if the programming was at an intensity level where it needed to be was, are they hot, sweaty, out of breath, red cheeks, or are they walking away like it was nothing? And I can tell you there were very, very few times where the programming was so that they walked away like it was nothing. So they're hot, they're sweaty, they're out of breath. And I was having difficulty when I first came up with the idea of, of MindFit. How do you then sit them in front of a computer where they're literally still sweating, they're breathing heavy and get them to start, you know, coding or 3D designing or something to that extent. So I was struggling with this. I'm like, how, how do you do this? You just don't want to sit and make them wait. They're going to hate that. 
no one likes to wait for anything. And I was struggling with it. I didn't know exactly what to do. And while I was in this process of, of coming up with the way that the MindFit method was going to move or going to work, my family and I took a vacation to Disney. And Walt Disney World in Florida is probably my family's most favorite place on earth. You know, the parts of it that, have, that are the favorite have changed over the years of, as my kids have gotten older. I remember when we would first go when they were really young, it was all about Magic Kingdom. Now Magic Kingdom, eh, you know, we could spend a half a day there and pretty much be done. And now we're moving on to, you know, the worlds of Epcot, which is probably one of our favorites, uh, Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. But the idea for what to do actually came while standing in a really long line at Test Track in Epcot. So I'm, we're standing in this really long line. I don't remember how long it was. Maybe it was a 60 minute line, something like that. Uh, you started out outside and then you worked your way in and you're, you know, zigzagging through all the little lanes. And then you get to a point where you have these giant computer tablets in front of you and you start, quote unquote, designing the car, supposedly, that you're going to ride in. Now, really, it's a computer program. It's an app that based on the car on your, uh, uh, you know, ticket card that you put in, it's going to remember that. And did you, you know, do a little green sport racer? Did you do a big blue, um, you know, truck that has all-wheel uh, drive capabilities? It really depended what, what kind of car you wanted to make. And then when you did test track, um, it based your performance of the car based on what your, your design was. So I'm, I'm standing in this line and we get to that point where we start designing, quote-unquote, our own car. And, you know, the kids are into it. I'm into it. We're all loving it. And then, you know, after we're done designing and there was a space that was created between us and the people in front of us while we were designing our cars. And then you start moving quickly all of a sudden because you want to catch up to those people in front of you. And now we're having conversation and we're talking about our cars and how my car is going to beat your car and my car will do really good off-road and my car is going to go the fastest and all those different things. And we probably still had 20 minutes in line from that point, but it didn't feel like it anymore. The begin In the beginning, we felt like we were in a really long line. At that point, we didn't. We felt like we were already in the ride, even though in reality, we were not. And... If you think about it, if you've ever been to Walt Disney World and you think about a lot of their rides that you go on, most, you know, all of them have really long lines when you go, except if you're extremely fortunate. They all are really good at doing that. Disney is a genius. Or Disney World, per se, is a genius at making us wait, but making us feel like we're not, which is really, really cool. So as I'm standing here and I'm all inspired about getting on this ride and designing the car that I'm then going to go sit in and do 65 miles an hour around the test track, it hit me. It literally hit me like an epiphany. And I said, oh my God, I need a room where I can inspire kids as to why, the, why STEM? Why are they learning this? Why are, we, they, why are we teaching what we're teaching? Why are they learning what we're learning? And why is this important? And it's got to be really, really cool. So as I started thinking this through, I thought, you know what? 
It's not just about inspiring them and making them feel like they're not waiting. That waiting period also helps their bodies return to what's called steady state. So their heart rate comes back down, they start sweating less, their, their breathing rate decreases. So now, after the active movement or the exercise, they have their, their brains are primed, but their bodies now weren't quite ready. So now we had to do a slight tweak and give them five to seven minutes in what we called our decompression room. Now, the only reason we call it decompression room is because it kind of sounded cool. There was no decompression that actually happened. But during that time frame, it allowed their bodies to relax. So what were they doing while they were in there? We would show some type of a video on something that was either STEM, fitness, or nutrition, or a worldly current event that generally had to deal with some type of science on our you know, extra large TV that we had in that room. So imagine going from a you know, uh, high intensity exercise class, you're now hot, you're sweaty, you're out of breath, you sit down, there's a, there's a fan blowing on you, it's cooling you down, and now you're going to watch a video about, let's say, how farmers are using drones to not only um, understand and identify what types of weeds are encroaching in their crops, uh, because now there are algorithms and, and super high uh, quality cameras that can do that. But they're also learning how pesticides can now be applied in such a better way or fertilizers can be applied in such a better way, uh, which then we finish the class and, then, and we go and we start understanding drones or we start 3D designing drone bodies or we're actually flying drones that day through a race, whatever it may be. But you got them to be inspired with the why before you taught them to do the it. And, you know, it worked unbelievably well. Again, it was generally five to seven minutes long. I would say I tried to find videos that were three to five minutes long. And then we have a few minutes of discussion about the video afterwards before we went into the STEM room. It worked. It was an unbelievable process. So when you look at the full process of the MindFit method, again, you start with passive movement, which is stretching and warm up. Then you move into active movement, which is you know the high intensity exercise that we're doing for a specific duration that is generally a full body movements in order to you know obviously help your health of the body and get us better in shape and, and fitter, um, but also to prime that brain for learning. Soon as we're done with that, boom, we go right into the decompression room where we had a video ready to go to show something really cool about the STEM world. So, you know, people say, well, what kind of videos would you show? And didn't you run out of videos? Well, first off, YouTube alone has more videos than you can ever imagine. So we do videos on everything from, uh, you know, if SpaceX was launching a rocket, we would do a video on the SpaceX launch. If um, it was a... I don't know, um, a supermoon. We would do videos on why supermoons are actually not that super and how they're not as big as we think they are. We would do videos on why it's so important to learn coding and the opportunities and jobs that they had in front of them if they understood that world. We would do videos showing the robots of Boston Dynamics um, and how far we've come in the world of robotics and movement and locomotion. We would show videos on 
uh, you know, cleaning up our oceans and how uh, robots are being used now to essentially filter our oceans in a way of the massive amount of plastic and garbage that's in our oceans. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So they'd, they'd get done with these videos. And here's another funny thought. A lot of times after the kids would go home after a class and they'd tell their parents about the really cool video that they'd want, that they watched during, in the decompression room, <laughs> in the next class, the parents would say, do you mind if we watch the video? Because the last one that you played sounded really cool. Um, so it's got to be something to inspire them, to get them going. I used to get a question, does it always have to relate to the STEM lesson? No, it does not. Uh, especially if there's a current event or something like that, it necessarily doesn't. But, you know, on a day where we're watching the SpaceX space launch, it's a great day to learn how to 3D design uh, rockets or space shuttles or anything to that extent. Um, so it didn't necessarily have to tie into the STEM lesson because, again, you are working for that organized chaos. But at the same time, uh, sometimes it did and it just flowed together so well. I hope you guys like this episode. Now you guys have, have heard what really the three seeds were of the MindFit method. The first seed on the exercise side all had to do with my son and the challenges that he had at a very young age growing up with cellular hypoplasia. Uh, the second seed of the world of STEM really came from my time spent uh, on a board of education and trying to get uh, today's education into the future. You know, we are preparing kids for a future that does not yet exist. Um, and we need to be as ready as possible to be able to do that. And then the third seed was really what happened in Disney World. How I took a long line that I was waiting in and had the epiphany to come up with the idea of the decomp room or decompression room, as we called it, um, to return their bodies to steady state and to get them completely and totally primed for learning. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you have a great day. Next episode is going to be an awesome one. Uh, I'm going to tell you the story of Jake. Jake was one of uh, our students at our MindFit facility in, in uh, New Jersey. And um, he is the epitome of a fictioneer. Uh, you might have heard me use that word a couple times before. If you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. But he has an amazing story about why it's so important to let kids fail, but also how important the next step is and the step after that when they fail and what has to happen next in order to make the experience worthwhile. So I hope you guys have a great day. If you like this episode, please give it a like. And if you really liked it and want to share it with someone, please share this episode on your social media or with a friend. Uh, Any time that you spread the word about what we're doing at the MindFit Method, it helps spread the word so that we can have an impact on as many children across the globe as possible. So I hope you guys have a great day. Take care and signing off for now.